Lord is not for me. It might be for you. Hindsight might be 2020 for you, but I'm looking forward, okay? So you need to check the rear view. My car don't even have a rear view. Welcome to the Peaches Ain't Pink podcast. A show with two cousins from different worlds with the same dedication to glutes and truth. I'm Meredith Atwood, a former attorney turned coach and author of The Year of No Nonsense. And I'm Brianna Belser, a Harvard grad turned TV writer and actor. Leave your expectations at the door and join us. Time to grow your peach. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Peaches Ain't Pink. Today, we're going to talk about goals and expectations. And one of my favorite quotes that I have been just had in my pocket since probably 2013 is by Earl Nightingale. And I can't swear to him. I don't even know who he is. It's like one of those things like maybe I should research (laughs) who this guy is before I keep quoting him. But I like the sentiment. Um, Never give up on a dream because of the time it will take to accomplish it. The time will pass anyway. And so part of where we're starting off this episode is around time, but also around our expectations and around goals and and how that kind of plays out and and sort of our personal experience, because I think Brianna and I have both had quite a week or two. Yes, (laughs) to say the least. (laughs) Yes. So Brianna, now let's, let's start with you. Where are you and what has the last couple of weeks done? And, you know, let's just tell the story. Cause I think, I think there's a lot here that's going to help people. Yeah. Um, so I am back in Georgia. I left Los Angeles and for me, I was working on zoom and writing for this television show on CBS. And I was auditioning remotely with self-tapes that were recorded as opposed to going into a casting office. And the stretch of days got to 206 more or less days of solitude. And I live in a one-bedroom apartment, or I did live in a one-bedroom apartment. And what I found is September was going to be my month of reckoning. When the pandemic hit the United States, Los Angeles locked down, and I lost my job immediately. So I spent the first four months unemployed. And, you know, I was living my best life, working out and making sure don't drink, don't do the vices, just really keeping myself mentally organized. And it was sustainable. I thought, as we all were told, that this was going to end relatively soon. It didn't. And Los Angeles has never reached a state of reopening. So since March, they have more or less only permitted, um, you know, essential businesses and outdoor seating for gatherings. You must be masked at all times, as is appropriate. And um, you can't enter any establishments. The lines are limited and all of that. So life never resumed any sort of normal. And the only things that I had legitimate access to in Los Angeles were my apartment and like the mechanic and the bank. So losing the gym, not being able to see my friends and family and um, seeing a mass exodus from the city. A lot of people who I knew moved back home. They started enrolling in grad school. 
uh, created a period of solitude, like I said, stretched for 206 days where I knew in September I would find out so many final decisions about jobs, about auditions, and just about the state of LA. And the news came out like this. Los Angeles is not going to be able to have a widely administered vaccine until July 2021 or September 2021 at the earliest. So suddenly I'm staring down the barrel of 10 to 12 additional months after having just completed a pretty difficult seven. Then with my job, I had two major auditions that would really revolutionize my career in terms of how I spend my time day to day that did not that I did not book. So, you know, Godspeed to the person who booked the gig. But for me, that was an opportunity that kept me in the city that was off the table. And then lastly, in terms of just a social circle without friends to even do social distant hikes with because they're gone and being unwilling to pop my bubble in order to go to other people's houses. I was looking at another year completely and utterly by myself. That's not sustainable. And I knew that I needed to move in order to be able to work 40 to 50 hours a week on Zoom and when I'm offline to have my needs spiritually, emotionally, and socially met. So I moved back to Georgia and um, I'm trying to tell myself that what it feels like symbolically is not what it is legitimately. I've worked my entire life to get to Los Angeles and to be able to tell meaningful and impactful stories on a massive scale. And I started off in Georgia. And so to end up back in Georgia is rough mentally. Yes. But you really just did it because you wanted to have cohesiveness with our podcast. You wanted to be you were like, someone needs to be back in the peach state. Some peach <laughs> needs to be down south. But I, so I, I've been telling myself before I made the decision to move, because really I made it. And then 10 days later, I moved. Um, don't get stuck in the symbols. It's not failure and it's temporary, but at the end of the day, I must service my immediate needs, which is to have community, to share meals, to be able to be in conversation or to breathe in the same room as another human being. And after 206 days, the daily exercise, the meditations, the reading, it started to feel like a life preserver rather than um, an instrument to thrive. And for me, I'm not a person who lives for good enough or it'll do. I want to feel well. And I want the rebounds from the low points to be significant and strong. So that's my rough for tonight. <laughs> How have the last 14 days treated you, Meredith? So mine is going to sound really... Nope, I don't, don't know. do it. First, I hear an okay. coming. <laughs> okay, let me... Okay, this really matters to me. All right, here I go. Um, I wrote this little book, uh, The Year of No Nonsense, and it went, let's see, we went under contract, I don't know, end of 2017. So it's like a three plus year journey. I got, I knew my royalty statement was coming end of September. So for those of you not in the publishing world, um, the royalty statement is interesting. So most authors who are traditionally published, which I am, get a book advance and it really is an advance. Like you have to pay it back. And this is little known. They're like, oh my God, they got a $100,000 advance. Well, they don't get another dime until the publisher recoups every penny of that 100,000. So you can get your advance 
work for three years like I did and never see another dime. Like that is on the table for authors. So in the publishing world, it's a really great deal to pay your advance back like ever. And it's a really special deal to ever make royalties soon. You know, usually the big books, the New York Times bestsellers and those types get their advance back plus a million dollars. Um, so I had been manifesting my book royalty statement <laughs> for some time. It was going to be great. It was going to be awesome. And it came and it was not awesome. But the caveat to this is it was good. But my expectation, the number I was manifesting in my mind was not met. So when I had talked to my coach about it, she's like, how was it? I'm like, it's terrible. It's awful. It's the worst news. And then the next call I had with her, she said, so tell me more about it. And I, we drilled down what it actually was. And she's like, you did not tell the truth. Right. <laughs> like you did not tell the truth about what your royalty statement meant. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I didn't. And I started to think about why. And it's because I had this timeline this expectation and this deter like dogged determination that this book was going to hit the New York Times bestseller list and cue the eye rolls from anyone in the publishing industry because everyone in the publishing industry knows that the New York Times bestseller list are usually already famous people, uh, politics or flukes. <laughs> I am not already famous. I do not do politics and I'm a fluke in my own way, but um, it's a really high bar. Okay. Really high bar, super high bar for your first um, showing of a book in the realm. And my first book triathlon, that was a certain book, but this is my first book. That's a self-help like first go at it. Right. And but that because I had this timeline, one, the New York Times bestseller list are usually made within the first two weeks of the book coming out. So I had this timeline. This has to go quickly. And then the timeline became, well, it didn't hit the bestseller list, but it should still have sold 450,000 copies. So then I create a timeline within the six month period to get my royalty statement. None of which happened, but the expectation around what I believe should happen. And I defined what did happen as a failure. And where we kind of tied in this conversation is one, what are our expectations doing to us? Goals are one thing. Yeah, I still, by the way, I'm still gonna hit the New York Times bestseller list. Yes, <laughs> name I it and am. claim it. Um, 2021 is actually, wink, wink, the year of no nonsense. Um, so it's, but it's like, what is the goal? What is our expectation around the goal? And then what happens when the goal is not quote met? Okay. So, and I think that's where we want to go from here. And that was a lot. Whew. Well, first off, congratulations on paying back your advance. Big Thank claps you. for that shit. Okay. <laughs> um, right. I think it's amazing. And what, we should drill down on here is what was the goal that you set? Meredith is going to write a book that hits the New York Times bestseller list in the first two weeks of publication. She's going to make oodles of money in royalties and your writing career will take off like a box of dynamite. Right. Duh. <laughs> That goal is still in progress, particularly if we hearken back to the quote you opened us with, right? 
So then the question becomes, okay, we know the goal. Explicit. We're going to shit on the New York Times bestseller list. <laughs> What's the expectation? Your expectation was... December 19th to December 19th to January 6th, 2020 was the specific timeline. Yeah, that you were going to achieve all of these things. It's not off of the table now, but because your expectation was ruled by a timeline of two weeks that ended January of this year, since you didn't hit that benchmark, you define it as a failure. Right. If we look at my goal, my goal was to move to Los Angeles and never come back. <laughs> um, and more specifically, to be able to continue to further my career actively while we are undergoing a global pandemic that's tanked the film and TV industry or at the very least put it on a hold. So that was my expectation. Right. My timeline was now. Now <laughs> there was no I didn't want to stop. So four months of unemployment is defined as a failure. And here I am fully gainfully employed. My episode will air at Christmas on CBS, guys, um, which I can acknowledge as a victory. But it's still difficult at 27 years old to have been away from Georgia for 10 years to find myself back here. Um, and so by that measure, again, of expectations and timelines, it feels like a failure. And. I think where we can really get real is like, how did you build that expectation that in two weeks you'd hit the best seller list on the New York Times? Where did it come from for that goal? Oh my God. I don't even know. I don't like, that is such a good question, but it's, it's very, um, it's very much my brand. It's like, I do this shit. I just set this thing. Well, like, I, yeah, it's, it's how I've done it. it. It's, it's also, I think, upbringing, like excellence equals this greatness equals this winning. <laughs> if you're not first, you're last Ricky Bobby, oh, right? God, yeah. Um, you know, there's just this sense. And what was it your, your dad used to tell you? How do you spell fun? Um, W-I-N. How do you spell fun? W-I-N. And I think there's just this constant hustle, constant drive, which I'm very proud of. I think it's a character trait that is excellent. I very much believe in the hustle, but that hustle, just like strength can be turned to into a negative, hustle can be turned into a negative because then you say, well, I got enough hustle. I got enough strength. I got enough you know, drive in me to drive the New York times bestseller list. That was, and that was ego. That was my, it was all ego because here's the thing. Here's the truth about my book, people that it has made a difference. And it means a lot to, it means a lot to one-on-one -on -one people, humans, you know? And so the turn for me, when I look back on it, I go, Oh, that was an ego goal. A hundred thousand percent. That was like, I am somebody here's my book give me another book. Let me prove to you that that's it. Let me prove to you that I'm worth something. And as I look back on a lot of my goals, it's still got that undertone. And I think part of the expectation around time is ego driven. And if we can just say, okay, these are still my goals. Like I still have that goal, but why do I have it? Well, because I want to get my book in the hands of every freaking person that walks into a Barnes and Noble. That's why, because I believe it's going to change lives, not because it says I'm worth it. 
And when you really start to come at it from that angle, it changes because all of a sudden your time doesn't matter. Like it's not the time goal, it's the goal. Well, it's the purpose. Where's your purpose? And when your self-concept is tied up in the thing, your achievements, there's no space to fail because then you as a person are a failure. And I think for me, I have just been telling myself, I can treat this move back to Georgia and this year that I'm going to spend down south as a symbol of failure. You set out to leave and never come back. You set out to tell stories and you are back not telling stories. And that means you failed. That can be the sort of self-talk that I have going here. And I think what I'm combating just like you're combating, is tying up Brianna is as good as the work she does because it's not real and it's not true, although I feel it so acutely sometimes where I'm only as good as what I can bring to the table. And honestly, the way that you said that growing up, you had this definition of excellence and greatness that had so much to do with being strong, achieving a goal. So much of my career in entertainment has been trying to make sure I read it and use it as a career instead of thinking about it as art. So for me, I'm like, there are measurable goals. There are benefits. I'm going to be a professional. I'm going to hand over fist, improve, hit these goals and ascend. So for me as a professional, right? I'm a professional television writer. She's using air quotes for those listening. <laughs> aggressive on the air quotes. Um, <laughs> to be a quote unquote professional for me meant that I should always be moving up, just like my peers in corporate America, right? So stagnation or unemployment aren't cute and might be signposts for failure. So I think there's something really toxic that I fall prey to and have to actively combat, which is to say, I'm as good as what I do. I'm not, I am as good as I am good. And what I do will ebb and flow and change and shift. And none of that impacts who I am and my personhood. Yes. Oh, I mean, are we related or what? I mean, it's, <laughs> don't talk about genes. I'm just saying, Brianna and I did not grow up together. Um, yes, yes. And so to, to kind of take that a step further, to know who you are, to have this I am statement. I am Brianna who creates art. I am Meredith who is a writer. I am, you know, irrespective of the external measures because the problems with this expectation is when we take our internal desires goals and wants and we line it up to an external milepost that's where we get lost because if i just say i really want to write books that matter to i mean i guess it's still an external but i really want to write books that i feel can help people because that's me giving my best me trying to to hope it has an impact but not saying I'm a failure if everyone hates it. It's dangerous when you put your worth on a rubric, yes. right? It's not quantifiable in that way. And it's important to hold space for nuance. And I think when I look at you, you're one of the few people that I've ever met in the real world who are published. And I'm not talking self-published 
via Amazon. Not to knock those achievements for those who do it, but the book industry is dwindling. To get deals is incredible. It's incredible. I think that people do not understand just because you're literate doesn't mean that you're a writer. So for you to be able to publish two works to pay back your advance, it's a gargantuan achievement. Not that who you are is that is tied up in that, but it's massive. And I can look at you immediately as a person who writes television and knows how hard it is to be able to professionally write. I look at that and I'm blown away. Yeah, but let's let's switch this to you. And I feel like we're just like, here, I pat your back, you pat mine. Tell me I'm pretty, Meredith. I'm ready. (laughs) You're so ready. Oh, my God. Um, But part, you know, how often do you gloss over Harvard? Yeah. It's just like a thing you did. By the way, everyone, she's a Harvard grad, (laughs) if you didn't catch that. I mean, but but this is what we do. We types who... (laughs) Um, measure success by external variables right. and get down by it. We we totally forget. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do it now with Iron Man. People are like, but you did Iron Man. I'm like, eh, whatever. Been there, done that, bought the <laughs> t-shirt. Um, my life moves in one direction. That's forward and ideally forward, forward. and up. So diagonal, but you know, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and, and let me tell you, this is a condition. I believe this is like an addiction because we will go mm-hmm. like the family will take off on a five-day trip and i will have forgotten that this actually happened we get two miles down the road and i realize i don't have my laptop charger but i also was like i'm not working this trip but my husband says we're gonna go back and i'm like i just don't want to go backwards and he goes oh my god he's like oh my god your obsession with always moving forward is ridiculous he's like we're going back I feel this so deeply and and this is why the move back to Georgia has hurt me because I'm like I don't go this direction (laughs) backward is not for me it might be for you hindsight might be 2020 for you but I'm looking forward okay so you need to check the rear view my car don't even have a rear view um (laughs) which is super toxic don't do it it's bad but I think all said and done there's some kinship that we have here in this type a addiction to achievement Right. And I think it's what has allowed us to have some really nice accomplishments that are legitimate, but it needs to be mitigated by some healthier habits. Right. And there was one that you brought up about the rebound. Right. And so I want you to talk about that. But first, let's make sure for our listeners, we're talking about goals here and expectations in terms of time. In a set amount of time, Meredith needed to achieve the bestseller list. In a set amount of time, I needed to have my own show on the air right and here we are past our timelines without those achievements and therefore what does it mean what does it mean for us so we can tell ourselves that it's a negative self-talk that we are failures which is super sick or we can explore the timeline of a rebound period you have your low you're gonna move back up what does that look like talk to us Meredith yeah Yeah. And I also want, before I talk about the rebound, I want to emphasize that you may be listening and rolling your eyes and being like, well, it must be nice to have a book. It must be nice to write for a TV show. Like there is a certain like feeling that we compare to 
other people, right? And, but I want you to kind of narrow this as you're listening and think about where are you doing this in your life? Cause you're probably set a goal to like, you know, I want to lose these 50 pounds before bikini season. I didn't do it. I lost 35. I'm a failure. I didn't even start. I'm a failure. Right. So take away like the comparison to where I am, what Brianna's doing, what your friends are doing and think about where this lines up with your life where you've set a goal, you missed the timeline, you're a piece of shit, right? In your head. That's what, that's like how it goes. And so I like to talk about the art of the rebound, that it is this idea that we (laughs) want to move forward all the time, that we want to be moving toward our goals, but that life is not linear. We do not actually, Brianna, that we don't get to always move forward. (laughs) We get to go forward a little bit and sit backwards and zigzag. Totally. And that is the rebound. And what I mean by that is you're going to fall down and it's how quickly do you act like a basketball and get right back up and keep going. And the context that I frequently use is because this is my current, um, kind of on the brain is with food. So if you set a goal that you're going to eat X number of calories a day, macros is what I do. Um, and you don't do it for whatever bullshit reason, (laughs) cause that it is a bullshit reason. If you're not doing your plan it's your fault you know like let's just say that keep accountable Um, so whatever we've been through this guys put yourself on the hook we've been through it that's right so whatever bullshit reason that you know a cake fell into my gut um it happened i did it i own it how quickly do i switch it back to my turkey and my asparagus do i do it tomorrow and i continue to eat like shit the whole day or do I do it immediately? Like the immediate next meal correction, next bite, when you realize you did it and it was contrary to your goal, that is the rebound. And the way this has played out for me is over the course of the last decade, back when Brianna was a fetus, (laughs) (laughs) um, I have learned to rebound faster. So for example, I would do a three month diet. Yay me. I'd lose 10 pounds. And then I would go on a six month bender where I would eat whatever I wanted and drink for six months and wake up one day and be like, what has happened to me? Where did I go? What has happened? And it's now August or whatever. Um, And so now it, the rebound is shorter. Sometimes it's minutes you know, reset the mind, boom, I'm back. My expectations around my goal are that I just do what I say toward my goal. There's no time. And where we get, where this meets time is we think we didn't accomplish our goal by this time. Therefore we failed, boom, we're going to keep laying down. And so if you lose the time expectation, learn the art of the rebound, immediately get back on the goal, the dream, whatever it is, and forget this time component because that's what really matters. Cause you will lose so much time if you just keep laying there in your cake <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. I agree exactly with what you're saying about the rebound and making sure that your focus is when's my next shot as opposed to, eh, I took one, I missed one that's over, the dream is dead. I would go so far as to say, every time you set a goal, expect that you will have miniature failures. Expect that there will be moments where you are going to fall short or miss the mark. And knowing that that's happening and that it's actually, in my view, inevitable, build it in. 
and say, okay, well, I'm going to try and write a script. The first one might be crap. Let me write the second one. And hopefully that's not, that's a little less shitty. And then I'm going to keep moving because growth is growth. And I think there is something, I get very binary when it comes to measuring um, my goals where I'm like, is it or isn't it better than yesterday? If it is better than yesterday, you grew, Brianna, go again tomorrow, right? And and I think sometimes to remove nuance from this measure of failure, it's like, okay, that sucked, that was shitty, I'm gonna sit here, I'm gonna lick my wounds for tonight, and then tomorrow we back at it. I think all of that is healthy. Yeah, I wanna jump in real quick because I like the idea, is it better than yesterday? But that too needs to be broken down even smaller. Is your mindset better? Yes. Is your... Because, you know, sometimes your results, like this is a whole nother conversation, but your results are not quote Mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, you look in terms of the scale, like I can be up three pounds and I'm like, I know I didn't eat three pounds of of Turkey (laughs) yesterday for God's (laughs) sake. Like, you know, so I just want to like caveat that, that it's like, is your output effort is your mindset is you doing what you said better than yesterday. I think that's just to there are some days where I sit down to write and I'm like, I'm going to write a whole act of the show. And then I write half an act, but it flew. And I just had so many ideas going that I was able to keep churning and churning as opposed to muscling through an act that at the end of the day didn't feel good or didn't feel energized. So I would agree with you. Be careful about how you measure and don't let it be results driven. But when it comes to the rebound, and the other thing that I wanted to add is you, if you expect that you're going to fail in miniature ways as you pursue an ultimate goal, then challenge yourself to get back up, right? And that is the rebound. And in rebounding, the other thing that is required is you are not allowed to do negative self-talk about that blip. So, mm. okay, drop the ball, I'm back on it today. And that's it, it's over, right. it's gone give the rebound the respect it deserves by being the present and keep the failure in the past whoops then i shit the bed on that episode it's fine it's done let me do the next one it's all good and just keep um, your mind really clear and committed to saying that happened that was then this is now in my time of now i'm going to move forward and up And then you will hit your next bump in the road. And ideally, if you rebound, you will become a person full of resilience. And that's really, I think, where we're going here is that you can weather the storm, you can drop the ball, and you can also pick that motherfucker back up. (laughs) Yes. And before we get to the grow your peach for this week, I want to circle back on two incredible quotes every week. Brianna has something that is so good. In case you didn't catch our episode last week, muscle mass is going to leave your ass like a trifling man is the one that I cannot stop laughing at. So on this episode, so I feel like maybe going forward right before the grow your peach, I'm just going to bring you back to some Brianna greatness here. So this <laughs> The one that I love is we're going to shit on the New York Times bestseller list. That was great. <laughs> and then <laughs> to actually be helpful, this is huge. I may like make this, I may put this on a post-it. When is my next shot? And in the game of basketball, that is exactly what the rebound is. You grab the ball, you go again. 
And I think that really segues nicely into what we're going to say for Grow Your Peach. So, Brianna? This week, as you're thinking about the things that you've set as goals and you are building an expectation about timeline, build in the rebound. And my tip, our tip for how to grow your peach in this area is allow yourself the time to feel low when you hit your miniature failure. But also assign yourself the time to rebound. So for example, I'll keep it really short and sweet. Using Meredith's example of nutrition and fitness, if you had a meal where you blew your diet, you can allow the low of, damn, that didn't feel good. And the time to rebound is dinner time, I'm going to nail it. Blue lunch, it's over. Come dinner time, we're nailing it. And that's how you can move forward. Allow yourself the time to feel the low and assign yourself the time to hit the rebound. Yes. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. All right, everyone. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Peaches Ain't Pink. If you want us to riff on something specific, DM us on Instagram at Peaches Ain't Pink. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share with your favorite peaches. Peaches.